All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to the At Close of Business podcast. I'm Isabel Vieira with your Monday afternoon headlines. In politics, Western Australian Senator Linda Reynolds will not contest the 2025 federal election. Ms Reynolds released a brief statement on social media today to confirm she would not contest for the Senate candidacy ahead of the 2025 ballot in a move which will put a full stop on a 10-year stint in federal politics. She will remain in the Senate until the end of her term in June 2025. Ms Reynolds was most notably a cabinet minister for the Morrison government, serving as Minister for Defence from 2019 to 2021 before shifting into government services and national disability insurance schemes portfolios until the change of government at the 2022 federal election. She was first elected to the Senate in 2014 and was re-elected in 2016 and 2019. Ms Reynolds said she was indebted to the Liberal Party for its endorsement of her over her time in Parliament and as a 35-year member. In other news, union members are preparing to grind BHB's Pilbara Iron Ore trains to a halt on Friday after voting overwhelmingly in favour of industrial action. The Mining and Energy Union has notified BHB of its plans to undertake a 24-hour stoppage on February 16 as part of its long-running industrial campaign to secure an improved enterprise agreement. Union members voted 97% in favour of industrial action, including stoppages and slowdowns, and a protected action ballot held last week. BHB employees who take part in the protected industrial action, if it goes ahead, will not be paid for their shifts. It's understood about 150 rail operators work within one 24-hour period. It follows years of discussions between the union and the miner in a bid to replace the agreement established in 2014. And lastly, the private operator of Port Hedlands Airport is still seeking a carrier to resume international flights to Bali two months after it was hoped they would commence. The town of Port Hedland and Port Hedland International Airport group of companies in August last year released a joint statement about the impending resumption of Bali and Brisbane flights. It was hoped those flights would begin prior to Christmas, but town of Port Hedland Mayor Peter Carter last week revealed a start date for the Bali service was yet to be confirmed. The Headland Brisbane flight is being trialled by Qantas until March. A Federal Department of Infrastructure, Transport, Regional Development, Communication and Arts spokesperson told Business News that no formal application for the service had been received. To read the full articles, visit businessnews.com.au. That's all from me. Up next on the podcast, I speak with Nadia Budihadro about a union report into wage theft at WA universities. Want to reach the 1% of people who make 80% of business decisions in Western Australia? Business leaders and influencers trust Business News for accurate, independent and insightful news, editorial and intelligence across every sector, every day. Place your brand in front of WA's business, political and community decision makers with our integrated platforms encompassing print, digital, podcast and events. Contact our team of experienced account managers to find out more. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash advertise.
Welcome back to the At Close of Business podcast. I'm Isabel Vieira and today I'm joined by Nadia Budihadro. Nadia, how are you going? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, well, thank you. So Nadia, in this recent edition of the Business News magazine, you've written a piece about wage theft in universities based on a report by the National Tertiary Education Union. You know, what did the report say? Yeah, thanks, Izzy. The National Tertiary Education Union, so a bit of mouthful, NTEU, released its second report into wage theft in universities late last year. So I couldn't get to it in time for the um, editions last year. But in this one, I decided to chat to some of the universities and get their comments um, as well on what they think about the report, because some of them do include findings into WA universities. Just a bit of background, it was a bad time probably to ask these universities because it was during the Christmas New Year break. So I think some universities couldn't get to me in time, but nevertheless, some of them did give me some responses. And in the NTU report, the union claim underpayments in unis across Australia totaled $158.7 million since 2014. But that's just sort of scratching the surface according to them it could be higher because uh, it could be maybe more than 160 million dollars they said because there are cases that are yet to be finalized so on their list they talked about about eight wage theft cases that are not yet included in their total because they're still ongoing so these include serious underpayments incidents at Murdoch University and Curtin University in WA there are some Obviously, there's universities across Australia that's included in the ongoing cases list. But yeah, just uh, focusing on WA for this piece. Okay. And and in those cases, who is it that's being underpaid allegedly? Staff are allegedly being underpaid. So in the... I'm just going to take, let's say, take the UWA one in their report. So in WA, apparently, there's $26,000 of wage theft that's been reported, that's all in University of WA. Okay. So that involved five cases of underpayment according to the NTEU report. Although in saying that $26,000 is significantly smaller than the millions of dollars and the thousands of victims that the union claims uh, has occurred in the Eastern States institutions. Mm-hmm. And with the Curtin and Murdoch University ones, uh, yeah, not a lot of details. As I mentioned, the incidents are ongoing, although the A. Curtin University spokesperson did say a review of pay conditions was ongoing and they are, I guess, aware of the issue because apparently there's some steps taken to address it. But as I mentioned, these are just quite general comments from the university. Murdoch didn't give me a comment in time, but I, I believe they are trying to give me something, even though the, the, um, this piece has gone out and at the time of recording this podcast, they're yet to give me a comment, but they said they, they would like to, to have an opportunity to comment. So They have it. And yeah. Do they have anything else to say or are they pretty short and, short and sweet? None of these, uh, none of the universities I talked to really give a lot of details and I get it because there might be some, you know, legal reasons or some um, policy reasons to why you wouldn't want to give a lot of details on your wage staff. <laughs> it's very yeah. serious. A, a lot of these universities just gave me generic comments and I, I think Murdoch might give me the same, but it's it's good that they have 
addressed it in in some way and actually is aware that you know that people like me that the media is looking into these kind of issues so I think they are tackling it yeah and you know on that what is being done to tackle wage theft in universities so the NTU national president wanted all governments in Australia to urgently reform the governance models for universities so to make sure that I guess their staff is better protected but in absence of that I don't really see a lot that's just specifically for universities so one thing that's been a hot topic is the industrial reforms legislation the workplace laws that um, everyone's been talking about in recent times so the federal government announced plans to criminalize wages theft across the nation as part of those IR reforms mm-hmm. so the official name is the closing loopholes bill and that was delivered into in two segments so the first segment talked about criminalizing wage theft so I didn't know this but wage theft and this is just across all industries, not just universities, but wage theft was just a civil penalty, not a criminal penalty. Okay. So with a criminal penalty, um, the criminalisation of wage theft was a move to deter deliberate underpayments and there's also higher civil penalties for worker exploitations to promote a robust compliance culture of workplace laws across all Australian, Australian businesses, including schools and universities. So that's mm-hmm. what the federal government did to make sure that wage theft is being tackled. Um, Yeah, not specifically universities, but it is something to be done to make sure wage theft, I guess, being tackled is a priority in all industries. Yeah. Okay. There you have it. And uh, for our listeners, they can check out the full article in the latest edition of the Business News magazine or check it out online at businessnews.com.au. Nadia, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.